Good morning, everybody. The Pirate Football Playback right here on the Sports Objective with us right now. We have Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, dude? Doing okay, Dave. Um, definitely been better in terms of Pirate Football, but um, all in all, uh, I guess a fairly fun night as far as time with family and friends, but that was about it. <laughs> Kyle from Grange, Barbara, how are you, man? Oh, just uh, Peachy King, Jelly Bean. That was uh, just not not what anybody was hoping for for game one. And ladies and gentlemen, making his debut on the Pirate Football Playback here. Uh, not the kind of debut that I'm sure he wanted, but certainly he has no control what happened on the field tonight. And uh, live from Charlotte, Alan Thomas, how are you, man? I'm great, Dave. Great to be here and great to be with you guys and do what we're passionate about, talking about ECU football and what makes this show special is that we show up win, lose, draw, and we, we tell it like it is and, and and look forward to a better performance next week and, and for these Pirates to show up and do a good job. But but for now, um, it was a night to forget in Charlotte, but you know, also a night that uh, they, need, they needed to burn this film. But before they do that, you know, learn from it and get ready for next week. Pirates go down 33-19 now and uh... – Definitely, guys, it's a state of two different programs. I was telling AT, and I know that I've talked to you guys, I'm sure, off air numerous times about this program. You look at the FBS, when App came to FBS, they had they could have they could have easily had seven times, you know, going to a bowl. And obviously the first year they couldn't because they were not eligible to go to a bowl. This program had in that same time period was literally winning 10 games, like I was telling AT, 10 games, eight games. And since that time when they became FBS and eligible to play in a bowl game, being App State, we've gone downhill and we've never recovered. And this program with App State has rattled off six bowl, bowl appearances while we haven't. We've uh, six straight losing seasons. And that continues. And like AT was saying uh, pre-show in the green room, you know, this is going to take time. And unfortunately, I don't think that we, even the four guys on this show, realize how far we were down. I think it just continues to take time to get to where we're competitive. And this App State team, I know, AT, you said it before we started, that the very fact that this team expects to win, being App State. And I don't know that when we walk on the field, we expect to win. And I'll just throw it to you guys, whoever wants to take that first. Yeah, I, I think App State is obviously to the point where their program, where they're, where they're used to winning, expecting to win. Um, COVID has them full of super seniors. You know, they were a senior late team last year. They, they were a senior late team last year, and they had all those guys back. Uh, their defense last year held people to 16 points per game. Everybody was back on that defense. With all that said, I still expected us to be a lot more competitive than we were tonight. And you look at the scoreboard, and you say, hey, we lost by 14. And, hey, they took a touchdown off the board on that Hail Mary at the end of the first half. That's making a seven-point ball game, yet it does not feel that close. They dominated this football game, yet it never really got out of hand on the scoreboard. But make no mistake about it, it was a complete and utter domination. And you, you come away from it, and to me, the scary part is the O-line looked like complete trash. The, the defensive line at times was just manhandled by their O-line. Um and that that's what because you, you can't fix that. You you your O line's kind of your O line. Yeah, they can get better as the season goes on if there's talent there. And maybe you need to figure out, you know, who needs to go where, move some pieces around. Um, but you, you're you're only gonna get so much better on the D line and O line as the season goes. 
Now, I will say this. I, I truly believe we won't see a defense that good again until we play Cincinnati. Well, I tell you, an interesting stat. I mean, just kind of looking at kind of the postmortem of, of this game is they were only four for 11 on third down. And, and the reason that stat looks that way is they didn't need third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cashed East Carolina on first and second. And yep. It became very obvious only two or three series into this game that they were dominating us uh, between the tackles on both sides of the ball, regardless of who we had in there. Our defensive ends weren't getting upfield and ceiling. Uh, we weren't getting much rush. Uh, they found who they liked to, to go after, number four, on, on our back side of the defense and exploited that matchup. And uh, they had two rushers over 100 yards, a receiver over 100 yards, and uh, a quarterback that really broke in and, and did well. So um, tough matchup, but one that we got to learn from if we're going to be able to be successful this year. And look, hey, I was in Atlanta at the Georgia, Georgia State game last year. So I saw kind of how that, that went down. So teams do bounce back. We, when you turn the lights on, you find out who can play ball and who can't. Uh, that's the bottom line. You also find out who can coach and who can't. And uh, we were outplayed and, uh, and uh, out-strategized and out-coached tonight. Uh, I was worried that we were going to um, – this would be a tight game. It may come down to kicking. It was positive to see our kicker have some success after the initial miss. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, I mean, we were thoroughly outplayed by a much better team. But uh, what good te- good teams do and good coaching staffs do, they identify those that can get it done and, uh, you know, get ready for next weekend. It's a very talented South Carolina team, but we've got a lot of work to do learning how to run the ball and get consistent up front and um, to be able to compete. And that doesn't take anything away from a hell of an Appalachian State team. who uh, They were who we thought they were, right, Kyle? I mean, this was – we knew what we were going to get into tonight. Um, I'm not surprised that they scored 30. Plus, I am surprised we only scored whatever we got there at the end. Um, in the teens. Um, we just, we just, you know, this is a game that's measured by wins and losses and ability to be able to score. Um, we didn't tackle well at, at times, uh, one-on-one. And we darn sure didn't block well. And we had some very misfortunate um, penalties. Unfortunate life at the wrong time. Some of you guys can question whether some of those were accurate or not. But all of those ultimately ended up in scoring uh, play, um, scoring series for the other team. Yeah, one of the one of the unsportsmanlike like penalties was definitely a bad call. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yep. Another key penalty, the holding penalty. Holton pulled the ball down, had a big yep. big gain, would have set us up with a scoring yep. opportunity. And uh, there may have been a hold on that play by the center, but man, it was so it was so non consequential to the play. To me, you keep that flag in your pocket. Um, you can hold. You can call holding on every single play. I mean, that's the ultimate. That's, that's I mean, so they could have yeah. called holding on it, but it was just interesting on that. I'll say this because I'm not a fan of referees. Um, that particular that particular one really bothered me because that there's do I think the Appalachian State's the better team? Absolutely. Do I think they would have won even if the refs called you know a perfect game? Probably so. But what bothers me with that is if you look at that play, that was the momentum that was a momentum shifter right there. So was the Hail Mary. Those two right there, you know, and the two really with Jaquan McMillan were bad calls, but they didn't. I don't. I mean, they were definitely you know keeping the drive alive in 15 yards. I'm not saying those are big deals. They are big deals to me. But 
But those two plays right there with the Hail Mary and with the one that Holden runs for a million yards and gets in the in scoring position. Uh, this year when we get – and we've and recently – one good thing you can say is when we get in scoring position, we usually score now. Where in the Montgomery years, we couldn't, we could get into the, we could get into the red zone, we couldn't score. So if there's anything that's good about the Houston era, and let me say this to Pirate Nation, please, please stop with who is the, who is the worst coach with um, the worst era with uh, Thompson, Montgomery, and Houston. That should never, ever, ever, ever be put in in the same sentence when it comes to. I understand your frustration. Well, Dave, uh, Dave, at some point, <laughs> this is year three, all right? So you, you got four wins, three wins. Let's see what we do this year. But uh, if we come up with another three and nine season, I think it's a, I think it's a question that's going to have to be asked. Um, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. So you, do you think COVID, so you don't give him a break at all for COVID? Uh, everybody had COVID. He won't just us. Yeah, you know, I want like it's a long it, thing where East Carolina was the only team affected by COVID. No, uh, no, you don't. You don't give them a break for COVID. You don't look. Mac Brown had to experience COVID last year at UNC. I mean, they just kept rolling. So no, that's that's a BS excuse. No excuses. Um, we uh, look. Coach Houston has won a lot of football games at a lot of different places. I, I firmly believe he's a good coach. Here, here's what I'm starting to question. What he wants to do, I'm not sure it's the right fit in East Carolina. And what I mean by that is the one position we've, we've, we've hurt for recruiting over the years and a lot of group of five schools do is the offensive line. And to run the kind of offense he wants to run, you need to have an elite offensive line for it to be successful. You can take a Lincoln-Riley-style offense, an ARA-type offense, and you can get by with a mediocre offensive line because the ball comes out of the, your, your hand so fast. It's all about getting in rhythm, getting rid of the ball fast, taking what the defense gives you, blocking downfield. And uh, I'm not sure what Houston wants to do. Maybe if we were still in Conference USA, but in the American, I'm not sure we're ever going to have the talent we need versus the schools we're playing to run what he wants to run, particularly being we can't take non-qualifiers like we did under Skip Holtz. Because, um, you know, what Skip ran was somewhat similar. Uh, we, we can't do that because the American doesn't allow it. Um, so there's guys right now playing for App State, playing for Coastal Carolina, that would be playing for East Carolina if we could still take non-qualifiers. Yeah, right. but that, that being said, you know, um, what I did like, there were, there were probably, I don't know, three or four plays where we were incredibly out of position tonight, especially glaring if you were in the stadium things you probably didn't see on TV unless the commentators went back and rewound where there were several times where an app receiver was 10 to 15 yards away from any, any coverage. And sometimes in game one, you know, that happens and guys are kind of figuring out where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing. Um, for the most part, other, you know, those three or four plays can decide games, obviously, but we, we were there in a position to make plays didn't tackle, didn't wrap up, didn't help each other out, and um, didn't make a play on the ball. We did get a pick late. Um, I like some of our defensive backs. Uh, I think um, App knew who they wanted to go after early. I love coaches that can game adjust in a game. Those are the kind of coaches that get things done. Yeah. And you can literally watch the wheels turning at Appalachian after the first couple of series. 
And, um, and they've been consistent with that over all the three past three head coaches. And it did a great job of game adjustment. And what we, our adjustment is we abandoned the run fairly early, went to try to go to a short passing game. And, um, you know, and we, you know, we were world beaters between the twenties, but that doesn't win ball games, guys, you know, um, apps legit and real, but, you know, we have to decide when we step on the field next week in Dowdy Ficklin, what kind of team we want to be. And I think Kyle is correct. You know, what, what system, what style of play matches our talent. That's what you, and what we can recruit to. And we had some of that discussion in the stands uh, tonight. Kyle, you remember last year when you were talking about that very thing is that we made adjustments in the second half of the year and we kind of abandoned what this coaching staff wanted to go to, you know, with their like their strengths. And well, we, 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 we did it both years. We did it both years, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave. We, we year one and year two, we kind of changed what we were doing offensively yeah. the second half of the year. I, is it going to take a whole half of the season this year before we do that? Let, let's hope not. Well, I think like you guys talked about, I mean, the very fact of the first three non-conference games are, are, are tough, right? I mean, you would think that you could win the Charleston Southern game, um, but the first three are tough. Um, you got a tough conference, but at the same time, um, they're winnable games. Uh, I, what What's going to be concerning to me is not these first three games. What's going to be concerning to me is when we get into the conference schedule, and those 50-50 games, there's a lot of 50-50 games on this schedule. The non-conference is tough, but when you get to the conference, there's 50-50 games. And it comes down to, guys, I mean, it comes down to want to. It comes down to we've got to make um, some plays. Like, for example, defense tonight, um, I was looking for that momentum shift with an INT, but it came in the fourth quarter. You know, I was hoping to – have a fumble or some kind of big play on defense that just didn't really happen for me tonight. That's what was missing for me defensively. And Alan, you've already talked about the tackling was, I was just about to lose my mind. I'm glad I don't own a gun because I've been like Elvis got the television with the tackling um, tonight. So um, I'm sure we could just ramble on about that all night, but yeah. Yeah. Well, bottom, bottom line is Dave, you talking about games down the road in conference play, and I'm not even worried about that at this point. South Carolina's on the clock. That's what I'm focused on. Bubba, uh, you're uh, you're here now uh, as you keep coming and going. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the night? You were at Bank of America, Bank of America Stadium there in Charlotte. Uh, I know you, uh, you saw things live like Alan did in Charlotte. So what are your thoughts? A lot of what you've already said as far as you – know, pretty dominant by App State, especially in the trenches. I mean, I, mean, I had a seat in the end zone um, high enough that you, you could really appreciate some of the holes that were being opened up by that absolute offensive line um, for, for Peoples as well as Noel. And then uh, Chase Rice, when he had the, the luxury of a ground attack like that, um, you know, um, he was very efficient. He didn't miss a throw too early on where he probably should have connected. But uh, I want to say he finished something like 20 out of 27 for uh, about 260 yards. And uh, I'm very interested to see how he plays um, next week at Miami and moving forward. But um, tonight he was he was very solid, and um, you know a lot of his guys were um, the play action passes were very effective. Um, 
guys, whether it was a Hennigan on the post for 76 yards or some uh, shallow crossers and outs off of play action, um, he didn't really have to throw the ball into many tight windows because guys were so wide open. Well, when, when you can run the ball like that, uh, exactly. You, it exactly. makes you look really good as a passer when you, you have a lot of open field when you got your your safeties having to come up and run defend like that, linebackers and trying to find a way to do anything to disrupt what the offense is doing. Again, they had two 100-plus yeah. yard rushers. I think Peoples had 105 yeah. or so, and the other guy had 120 or so. And and um, when you can do that on first and second down, and, and you know it's always second and five and second and four, um, then that allows you to do a lot of things. I think back to the drawing board a bit on defense, uh, I think that app is, is a, like we said, they are who we thought they were. They picked right up where they left off last year. They're going to make a lot of noise. They're a good team. Great credit for them. I'm worried about East Carolina. I don't know about what we're going to do next week, how we're going to respond. That's what we've got to ask. We did come out in the second half, and I'll say we did come out um, the first couple of series. We got to stop, came back and drove the field, got a score, and then App in two plays responded to the score. So we just got to decide, you know, the difference between bad teams and good teams is consistency. We do a few things here, good, but if, if, if eight guys are doing their job and three aren't, you give up an 80-yard, 70-yard play for a touchdown. So we still got some guys trying to figure out where they belong here. We were told we had depth. We were told we had talent at depth. Time to prove it. Time to get it done on the field. And we'll get a great chance to do it and with a signature opportunity next week. I think like what was go ahead, Bubba. Like you said, Alan, as far as that first drive of the second half, that's where the bulk of the rushing yards came. Uh, Keaton Mitchell had close to a 40 yard run. Uh, Rajay had a nice uh, run or two. And then we got down in the red zone. I, I want to say that was the time where they got some heat on Holton. And, um, and Tyler Sneed was open in the flat. And Holton just didn't have time to get it to him. And uh, it was the throw was a little wide. Yeah, and part of that, you know, some of the throws Holton missed tonight was on the O-line. Some of them were on Holton. And uh, sometimes yeah. receivers need to step up and make a play. But, you know, if the ball's in your vicinity, sometimes you need to figure out how to catch it. Jump, dive, do something. But people need yeah, to Yeah, Amatoso had a number of plays tonight that were in his zone that yes. really yeah. cost us early. He makes a catch. You know, not – the ball didn't hit him between the numbers. But a, a player of this level – you know, and he's had those periods. You know, it came on late last year, but we really yeah. need guys to start to step he's, up. And CJ's got to control his emotion. Oh, amen. Absolutely. He wasn't That's... even – he was going nose-to-nose. -nose with. The, we were told that he – there was some emotional maturity there this year and things that improved. But what I saw was a, a, a talented young man who has no control of his emotions, and it cost us again tonight on a number of plays. Yeah, um, where he he wasn't in the he wasn't in the the read down he wasn't in the check down on the same page with his uh, quarterback and um, you know got involved in some things. Sometimes you just got to be smarter and a more mature athlete, and we're still learning that. I, I, I will yeah. say from a positive aspect from the receivers, uh, I thought Josiah Hatfield. Oh had my a pretty god! Good game yes. Hatfield had an impeccable game. Yes. great game. Good to see him emerge. We need to start rewarding guys like that. Yep. You know, into the game and, and rise to the occasion. And again, you know, who steps out there when the lights come on and perform, that's who we got to start rewarding. And 
put in a position to be successful. Jones had a touchdown late. Uh, guys, good catch. He, he, he uh, was, did he, did he intentionally dive in the end zone or was he about to trip? You have to tell, you have to tell me, Kyle. I was already in the car. Okay. I, to me, it looked like to me it looked like he intentionally made himself look like he was going to trip, so he could do that flip in the end zone without getting in trouble. Maybe was there was a, a defender right behind him, so I'm not sure whether there was contact made there. But he got the nose of the football in the end zone. I like a guy to make a good impression like that early. And, yeah, um, we need these tight ends to perform, and be a difference maker. We thought those were going to be matchup advantages, and right. going to be a big part of our offense that we were going to really exploit. <laughs> you got to throw to them. <laughs> Yeah, but if you don't go to the guys, it's not going to happen, right? Especially if you're looking out of your ear hole, taking pressure. So. Hey, uh, hey, Alan, that was one of the things I texted you and Bubba and our group text is we've been hearing little snippets about how great he's played, right? And so I thought, this is what I thought, I thought that we were going to see a big game from him tonight, meaning that they were going to have plays designed for him. He's one of the best yeah. athletes on the team. So uh, all the stuff I've been hearing, and I know you've been probably hearing at our guys – here is that Ryan Jones, Ryan Jones. So yeah, yeah, and Alan kind of alluded to that earlier today. Without saying that, you know what will we? What was our game plan on offense? Because we, we, you need to get your ball when you're playing back your hands. So why wasn't there more plays drawn up for Jones? Um, you know, I, I think we, we were trying to get the ball in the, in the wide receiver. Excuse me, in the running back fans in the passing game, but we have other playmakers. You know, draw some stuff up, particularly get specifically to get the ball in Jones's hand. Um, they took Snead away. And once they took Snead away, it seems like our passing game didn't have a clue what they were going to do. Yeah, they, they – they, uh, you know, the whole name of the game in, in, in football is to take something away, you know, that is essential for the other team and see how they respond. And they, they did a phenomenal job with it, you know, Keaton – in, in the backfield running and receiving, you know, a home run hitter. We've always wanted a guy, you know, and we haven't always had a guy who's been home run hitters. So I like yeah. the fact we've got a handful of that talent on this team. We've just got to go back to the drawing board a bit before next week and see what works and what hasn't worked and, and got to be more productive on offense. A, a great Appalachian defense, I think, really showed out tonight, guys. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to take any credit away from them, but. I think this is one of those games that you almost burn to film and go back and look at your talent and say, you know, did we have the best game plan in place for the talent we have right now? Of who's going to step up when the lights come on and get it done? Um, like some of the things we did tonight, um, you have to look at it this way because it was a butt whooping. Find the things that you could accentuate and the ones, something you think you missed out on here and there. And uh, that's what we got to do. It's, it's a tough one, you know, credit to Appalachian, but. We're in the ECU business here, guys, and we got to find ways to score points. And, um, you know, settling for field goals is just not going to be enough against quality teams. It's definitely not going to be enough in Dowdy Flippin next week. No doubt. And we need to also keep in mind that you made a great point, Alan, uh, with consistency. We've got to see consistency. And I think there's flashes uh, for this team. There's flashes of greatness. So you'll see a play here and a, play, and a few plays where they're not. So we've got to find a way to put this together. The other thing I want to mention to you guys is I was saying to our guys, for uh, obviously with uh, Bubba and Kyle, we have a group chat. But we've got to open the playbook up. You know, Holt Naylor has just been here for four years. He's not a freshman anymore. 
And I know there's certain things we can't play because, like Alan, you alluded to the fact of if it's third and long, you can't do the same place you would do it for third and short. There's less options when it's third and ten, right? Um, but they've got to open up the playbook. We've got to go for broke. Let's go big or go home um, because because we're going to play conservative and a little tight. Then we're going to keep losing every single week. I hate to say it, but I mean that's one thing for me is open up the playbook. You got to trust your quarterback. Um, I know there's some throws he missed tonight, but also, you know, the offensive line, everybody's got to do their part. So, Well, I, I think we got a rude awakening. I think we might have thought we were a little better than we were up front. And a good team stresses you and puts you in that situation. I'm ready for us to kind of stress from different positions. We have, I, I do, in my heart and, and just from a reality standpoint, think that we have, you know, eight or nine or ten guys that are real threats, and we only saw two or three really emphasized tonight. Yep. And we, we've really got to address that. And I hate to, to bell on you guys tonight. I really look forward to, to next week. I'm no problem, man. staying with some friends here in Charlotte and, and want to honor and be respectful for them and wanted to come on with you guys a bit tonight here on the road and wish I had more time, man. But I'll tell you, I'm excited about the season ahead. This is great therapy for the Pirate Nation and also for us to talk about these games, win, lose, or draw. We're always going to be here and keep it real and call out what we see and hopefully see improvement and have a lot more to talk about next week. But thank you guys so much for tonight and, and carry on. Have a great show, guys, and look forward to picking up this week. All, All right. right. Thank you, Thanks so much, AT. Appreciate you, AT. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Alan Thomas there in Charlotte. Appreciate him, former mayor. The, of the feedback was definitely on his end there. That's uh, – yeah, yeah now, now I mean, now it sounds crystal clear. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dave and I thought it was just a popping that you'll sometimes have, but yeah, it was definitely no, it on was, his end. Yeah, we we got it. We got to make sure we uh, address that so the audio quality is a lot better going forward. Um, we uh, guys, I really don't know what else there is to say. We kind of beat beat the uh, beat yep. horse to death, but uh, I kind of want to echo what Alan was saying, and I was kind of saying the same thing. We got to get the ball in playmakers' hands. Um, and uh, got to find a way to do it. Be creative on offense, and uh, you know you don't give a chance to, to for a guy to make a play if you don't see the damn ball. And um, uh, that's to me. I think the offensive problems. I think the pieces are there. I actually, you know, the O line. Yes, that's an issue. Um, but I think you can you can kind of do some things to help the O line. Like maybe run some more screen plays. Um, yeah, we're trying to, um, tonight. I want to say I'm trying to remember if it was the third quarter. I think third, third or fourth quarter. I'm, but we're it, it was definitely the third quarter because we were trying to set up a, a screen to Rajay. And heck, it may have been it may have been the first half, but it was when the game was still uh, somewhat in doubt. And, you know where we still had a chance of coming back, and we um, we're trying to you know use App State's pressure um, to our advantage. And you know they sacked Holton four times, they hurried him five more times, had him on the run for the majority of the night, and we we're trying to set up a screen to the right side, and um, and it nearly got picked off. Uh, uh, you remember the play I'm talking about? Uh, that was now, it's com- now it's coming back to me. I think it's the first quarter, but it was yeah, right there in front of us. Paul, yeah, he put his paw up. Yeah, I was like, oh, gosh, we got fortunate there. Yeah, that was a big break. And, 
Uh, that would have been two interceptions on the night. I still think that Hail Mary was uh, East Carolina. Yeah, that that one you kind of tossed out the window. I mean, that yeah. I mean, that was a Hail Mary. I mean, big deal. That, I mean, yes, it was a big deal that it wasn't a touchdown, that it was an interception. But, you know, as far as – Oh, yeah. I don't, I, from that standpoint, as far as the interception, as a coach, you're not worried about that one. Uh, but, but, yeah, Holton – considering how much duress he was under and how he didn't have the benefit of a running game for the majority of the night. Uh, he did a good job at times just eating it or throwing it away and uh, not making that big mistake uh, like he did at times last year when he threw three picks in a couple of games. Uh, like I know against Georgia State, he forced it a time or two uh, when we had a non-existent running game and we're trying to battle out of a three-touchdown deficit. Let me mention – can I make one more point, guys? That I forgot. Yeah, we'll let you. Okay. <laughs> I know it's late and uh, we're all tired, but one more thing I want to say that came to mind to me tonight is if you don't think that offensive lines matter, um, just see Chase Bryce with the Duke offensive line last year. And he made a lot of mistakes. And I know this was game one. I know some of you can say it's East Carolina. But when you take that offensive line that he had tonight with, with Appalachian State that's really good, versus one that was mediocre at best at Duke and most of the time below average, you see the difference in the quarterback, What, how big a, a difference an offensive line makes with Chase Bryce at Duke versus Chase Bryce at Appalachian State. Sure. The the offensive line and the running game, which kind of go hand in hand, it made things a lot easier for uh, for Chase. I, uh, if you, if we had he, that, uh, he looked great tonight. He looked, he looked great tonight. I, I, uh, It'll be interesting to see how he looks the rest of the way. Really, you know, more interested in how we're going to do the rest of the way. But, you know, you want to, you, if you're going to get your ass kicked, you want the team that did it to keep winning, I guess. So, uh, you know, hopefully App will keep rolling. And uh, as we uh, turn the page towards South Carolina, uh, they're going to play Eastern Illinois Saturday. Uh, the quarterback they're going to start against those guys probably will not be playing next weekend against us. Um, we'll see. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, how the Gamecocks look Saturday as uh, we kind of scout them, getting ready for uh, for them the following weekend. No question. I, I think we have a chance. We'll see how we've we've got to make some adjustments. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll see how that goes. The good news is we have a couple extra days uh, to prepare for South Carolina. First year head coach, first time ever head coach is Shane Beamer, who I think he'll be a great coach, but. Um, that program, we'll see how they're. Uh, Kyle, you've already alluded to the fact you believe there's more talent at uh, as far as SEC talent at South Carolina. Yeah, there's more talent. That doesn't mean they're a better football team, right? Um, you know, we never had more talent than Miami, UNC, or NC State. Yet we've beaten them all tons of times. Um, just because you got more talent, doesn't mean you're a better football team. So, uh, no, I think App State would have would have beaten. Uh, I think App State would have beaten South Carolina tonight by two touchdowns. Um, so yep. that you know. Yeah, like I say, it's funny. Losing to App State by two touchdowns doesn't make me want to crawl in a hole. It's just it doesn't seem like it was even that close. So um there's some times I felt like we were down four or five scores yeah, to be exactly. that. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see what happens next weekend. Um guys, I'm pretty much I'm out of gas. I'm tired. Uh Bubba, okay. you got anything else? Yeah, we're gonna put some comments so real quick, go over the scores and get out of here. Yeah, um, appreciate folks tuning in uh, so late. Mark Callaway chiming in saying, thanks, guys. I just found you tonight. Uh, uh, 
really uh, appreciate you tuning in, Mark. Uh, also, the Bryn- Undertaker, Mark Galloway. How about that? Yeah. Uh, That's cool. uh, <laughs> Mark, Mark, uh, chiming in, uh, Brendan Shapiro. Thank you guys could discuss it on the air. I'd like to hear y'all's input and what that was referencing. It says, says, do you think we'll be able to compete with South Carolina in the trenches with these, uh, or with those SEC size linemen? I know, uh, South yeah, Carolina man. is not great, but that's a legitimate concern. And I told Brennan that, uh, we were discussing that off the air. And so, um, Kyle, go ahead and, and mention what well, you were telling I, they're, me. They're, it's, it's a thought that I certainly had already had. Yeah, their defensive line is the strength of their football team. And um, you saw the way App was around our offensive line tonight. So um, can we can we come up with something to kind of offset what their defensive line can do? We're going to have to. Holton's going to have to have time. Um, yep. uh, our defense, they had trouble against the run tonight. What, what, what's the best part of South Carolina's offense? The run. Um, I do not think it's a good matchup for us. Uh, South Carolina, you know, it'll be interesting to see with, as they play Eastern Illinois. Um, South Carolina's a beatable football team, but I'm, I'm not sure we run the right system to do it. Um, well, you know, if that makes any sense. Um our offensive line and defensive line is exposed too much doing what we're trying to do. And uh, if we don't get I'll, – I'll, 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 I'll say this, Brendan. If we don't get more creative on offense, I don't like our chances against their D-line. Now, if we can do some things to kind of disguise our weaknesses on the offensive line and get the ball in playmaker's hands in space, then, yeah, we can beat them. All right. Is that? Uh, I know we didn't. We have some more comments, or that was. A, yeah, we one. do. Um, just, just one moment. I was on uh, another tab checking, oh, okay. checking out some of the numbers and so forth. But um, yeah, Matt Semenza obviously yeah. knows a thing or two about defense. I played for Coach Logan and uh, was a part of some very good pirate defenses there in the mid nineties. Yes, um, and like that ninety-five team that won the Liberty Bowl, but uh, Matt. Appreciate you chiming in as always, buddy. Uh, he said an app has a very clear offensive identity. Uh, our offense has no tempo or rhythm. Uh, we don't appear to have simple wide receiver screens in the playbook to counter an aggressive defense. And uh, hey, good point. Yeah, well, we kind of we already mentioned that a little bit as far as um, some screens. And then uh, we will never be the eighty-five Bears on defense, but it's unacceptable to be this bad. Yep, I agree, one hundred percent. I agree. And, and to me, the defense was – look, App last year had an elite defense. Their offense struggled at times. Um, at times their offense is good, but at times it struggled. And that partly – you know, they may have made a huge upgrade. They got their old passing game coordinator back as OC, um, you know, and, and their and their head coach at one time was run game coordinator. So uh, yeah. having Tony Peterson leave might have been a benefit to them. Um so maybe their offense is better this year, but uh, anyway, uh, have we got any other comments, guys? No other comments. Um, just very quickly, we we mentioned a lot of the key numbers. Uh, just um, for the game, you saw twenty first downs for the Pirates, twenty five for App State, and uh, that was very misleading. A lot of those for 
East Carolina came late uh, after the issues already decided. Um, rushing, uh, net rushing, 226 for Appalachian, 86 for the Pirates. Um, net passing, 295. Again, a lot of that came late. Um, 259 for App State. And like I mentioned, Chase Bryce was 20 out of 27. He did have the one pick that Jaquan McMillan got, uh, was it, early in the fourth quarter. Yep. But after, right, I believe it was right after uh, Tyler's. We lost yeah. Bubba there. Uh, yeah. his, his audio cut out. But, yeah, uh, while, we have, while we have a chance, got another comment Kyle going to put up here from our friend Richard Allsbrook. A good old Williamston guy and a Greenville guy. Now, App is fast, a good senior team that will have a good year. So, thank you, Richard, for going to Charlotte yeah. tonight. They're good. They're good. But uh, um, I, I'm not so sure we are. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, very interested. To, can you guys hear me okay now? Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Very interested to see the type of season they have. Uh, Appalachian definitely has the ability to – to win every game on their schedule. Uh, next week, they go to Miami. And uh, Miami this week, guys, as most of you listeners probably yeah. are aware, viewers, Alabama. how they are, uh, they are playing Alabama. So they could be um, obviously in need of a victory. Oh, they will. And, 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 and then also be, um, you know, fairly beat up. So I'm interested to see how they would bounce back from a loss to Alabama against uh, a very good App State team. And then uh, – I think more interesting question, who do they play after App State? I don't know. I have to go look. Um, but you, you have midweek games um, later on down the road against um, against uh, Coastal and then Louisiana. But then a game uh, – I want to say it's a Thursday night game with Marshall. Um, but – they definitely, they definitely play Marshall. Can't recall if it's Thursday or Saturday. They have um, Michigan State at home. Say it again. They have the Spartans, Michigan State at home, a noon game on the 18th. Okay, so Miami is going to play App State in between Alabama and Michigan State. Congratulations on the win over Miami App State. <laughs> I I do think I do agree with you, Kyle. I, th I think that's a game that a lot of people don't realize. They even though it was FCS, they went to the Big House one, and they continue to win and win and win and win and win and win, and they don't care who what the jersey says. No, you look Appalachian State is your classic sandwich game. Uh, you, you you got App State in between. If you're Miami, you got App State in between Alabama and Michigan State. And yeah, uh, Miami is going to, there's going to be some, oof, that's, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I would put my money on App State next weekend. Another positive tonight, statistically, is uh, John Young, six punts, um, averaged well over, um, I want to say he averaged about 45 or something, I'm trying to remember, but um, he, he had a long of 54, had a really nice one there. Um, late third or early fourth quarter that had a ton of hang time and um, drove the App State return man, Thomas Hennigan, back. But um, hopefully he'll you know, be used sparingly, but um, it, he'll continue to punt that way uh, moving forward when we do need to call on him. And then uh, as far as the third down conversions, that was very misleading as well. And the final numbers, um, I don't recall what they are right offhand. 
Um, but at one point, uh, we were one out of seven, and App State was four out of seven. And, you know, two out of our first three possessions, we put ourselves in third and ten situations. And then when we did have third and two and third and three, we uh, opted to pass the ball at times and uh, and just, you know, flat out couldn't couldn't convert. But uh, as far as as far as other scores, Kyle, had you mentioned um, UC Davis knocking off Tulsa? Yeah, UC Davis beat Tulsa. Uh, obviously, bad night for the American guys. Bad, yeah. bad night for the Americans. Huge, huge win for uh, UC Davis. Um, is that a is that um Boise's old head coach at UC Davis? Yes, uh, Dan Hawkins. Yes. Hawkins. Oh, yes, Dan Hawkins getting the upset over. Uh, it's the Big Twelve. It, it ain't intramurals. Exactly. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, but, uh, another comment. Spe- speaking it. of Boise State, Boise State was up twenty-one nothing on UCF um, very early in the second quarter, and now it's thirty to twenty-four nights with just under fourteen minutes left in the game. So I'm about to head in and turn that on. Um, they had a very lengthy delay. That's the reason that one is still in progress, and look forward to watching the end of that. And uh, what a storybook! start that would be for Gus Malzahn to rally from three touchdowns um, down against a tremendous opponent. No doubt. And uh, Richard Allsbrook, I'll put this up here real quick. He was talking about uh, that App State will beat Miami. He And I believe that doesn't uh, they allow that as Sunbelt to take Prop 48 kids, right? Correct. Yeah, I thought so. so yes, you are correct. Uh, Richard. I was, Ash- I was talking about that earlier, Richard, that uh, – you know, a lot of the kids that, you know, the American don't allow us to take non-qualifiers like we could in Conference USA. And uh, some kids right now are at App State and Coastal that would be in East Carolina. And that's one thing the American needs to change, particularly being we're about to lose three teams to the Big 12. Uh, it's time to accept who you are. You're a group of five conference. You're already at a disadvantage. Quit putting yourself at a bigger disadvantage by not allowing uh, to take uh, non-qualifiers. Um, so that needs to change, particularly so – do what? You think that's a done deal? With BYU and the three from the American to well, go to. I, I think if I think if they get the invites, they're going. Yeah, I think uh, nobody's going to wait around and hope that everybody's going to look out for themselves at the end of the day. It would have been nice if we could have stayed together as a league and tried to force a merger, but it ain't going to happen. Now, here's what I think will probably happen, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, I, I think those three will go with BYU, and then I think before they even play a game in the uh, in the Big Twelve. I think a couple more Big 12 schools will end up going somewhere and they're going to lose Power 5 status. It's going to be much like the Big East, you know, when, when SMU, UCF, and since, or whoever the hell it was got in. And we ended up getting in. By the time we got in, it wasn't a Power 5 or BCS league anymore. Right. Um, so that's what I think will end up happening. Um, at the end of the day, if, if these conference commissioners and these ADs will grow a set of nuts and, uh, and and force <laughs> and, and, and force the hand of these power five leagues to uh, to expand the playoff to twelve teams. Then who gives a damn who's in the Big Twelve? Growing nuts, tickling taints, and we talk about it all here on the Sports Objective. You're damn right. I mean, look. Bottom line, I, I've wondered for a long time why we don't sue. And if this twelve team playoff expansion don't happen, <laughs> if we don't do something, and when I say we, I don't just mean East Carolina. I mean, the group of five schools collectively, if we don't do something, we don't deserve to be in a damn playoff because we sit around here and we let them throw – 
we're like we're, we're like a we're like a bunch of little yard dogs that that, <laughs> that, that, that let that let the that let the power five throw us table scraps outside and and, 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 and lick them in the face for them. Well, that's what we do as, as, as a group of five. It, 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 what's going to happen if we sue? If, if they say, "Well, we're going to break away," you know what? Here, we're, here we're, screw you guys. We're not. We're going to break away. If that's what they're so scared of, well, let them break away. You might as well. You might as well. It's time. It's time to put up or shut up. And if they don't expand this playoff to twelve teams and grant legitimate access to the quote unquote group of five, then we need to sue. And if well, we yeah. don't, if we if we don't, we deserve what we get. And Kyle, there's one uh, thing I would add to that. I agree with you 1,000% what you're saying. Let me add something to that. The only problem with the expansion now is your boys from the SEC want to have six. They want to pack their their boys, which I understand what they're trying to do, but they want to put six, seven guys, uh, six, seven teams in well, the – that's up to the – so what? Did, did, did put a limit on how many schools per conference can go in. 12-team playoff. Right, uh, I have no problem with that. I want the expansion. Yeah, 12-team playoff, you're six size-ready conference champions and, and, and no more than two schools from each conference. I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't, you know, they can figure it out. It's time to make things fair for everybody. And, uh, you know, this is a tangent. Who cares about all that right now, really? South Carolina's on the clock, guys. I'm, uh, I'm running out of steam. I'm going to watch the end of this UCF game. Uh, right. We'll be better prepared for next week's game. Uh, better ne- better prepared for next week's show, guys. Uh, we, we need to be we need to have the stats ready. We need to be on it. We need to be on and it. Something, speaking like of stats, um, there, was nothing, there was nothing to talk about tonight, Kyle. I mean, what 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 good stats to talk about? There was nothing. I mean, well, probably, we mentioned a lot be, of them. There may not be nothing yeah. to talk about next week either, but damn it, we'll do it with style. All right, <laughs> we'll but, um, Louise. Bob wants to get something else in. Let him get it in. Speaking of stats, no, just since you brought it up, not not our game, but uh, you're talking about that UCF game. Um, I found it very interesting. Um, part of the way that Boise State got that 21 nothing lead is a hundred yard interception return for their first touchdown because total yardage UCF has 481 and Boise has just 199. Wow, I'm taking advantage and, of opportunities. And uh, Dylan Gabriel has thrown for um, right at 280 yards, four touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Knights have also run for 203. All right. There you go. So. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll have our Pirate preview, of course, Pirate uh, playback. And I uh, appreciate all, everybody tuning in tonight. Thanks to Alan Thomas and Charlotte Bubba. Thanks, dude, for, for being there also. Appreciate it very much. Good night to Mark. Good night, John Boy, Richard, uh, all the people still with us right now. Early uh, Friday morning, and we appreciate you guys so much for tuning in to the Pirate Playback. Dave Richmond here, Bubba, Kyle, Alan Thomas. Good night, everybody, and as always, go Pirates. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom!